So welcome to our home on this uh, Monday, Thursday. We're actually recording it the night before, uh, but uh, we're celebrating Monday, Thursday here uh, together. And uh, it's a night that we remember Jesus' uh, betrayal, Jesus celebrating his uh, last meal with his disciples, the night that he institutes and gives the Lord's Supper, the night that he washes the disciples' feet and commands them, uh, commands us to, to serve each other, to love one another. Uh, it's a night that uh, we often do uh, different things in, in church, uh, kind of more experiential type of things. And, uh, you know, up until this point for our time apart, we've done all of our services, recorded them all at the church. Uh, but we wanted to do this at home here today because we're thinking uh, through our story of, of Monday, Thursday, we're thinking about uh, how Jesus is a part of our everyday life, how he enters into our everyday life experiences, uh, how our reality, the things that we go through, Jesus has gone through, Jesus has experienced, and, and Jesus has known. And, and really that's made known uh, pointedly uh, in these days, on Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter. Uh, Jesus experiencing going through life just as we do. And so we wanted to share that, we wanted to celebrate that uh, tonight. And we'll do a few different things uh, this evening. Uh, one of the, the most profound ways, the most important ways that Jesus has uh, shared his existence with us, enters into a relationship with us, has given uh, his grace and his presence to us is uh, through communion, the Lord's Supper, uh, which normally we'd celebrate tonight and Good Friday and Easter as well. Uh, but we, we know, we recognize with the whole church that communion belongs uh, to the church as a whole. It's not a personal, a, a private thing for any one of us individually to uh, uh, do, but we celebrate it together as the body of Christ. And so we, for this season, for this time of being apart, uh, we fast from this uh, important meal, this sacrament. Uh, if, if you do feel like you need that spiritual nourishment, you can make arrangements with me at the church. We, we can do that uh, uh, there. But, but for now, for this season, for our time apart, uh, we fast from this meal. And instead, as I've heard a few people mention, uh, we, we can enjoy a, a spiritual communion, a spiritual communion, uh, closeness, intimacy with uh, God, especially through his word, as God comes to us, gives us his grace, uh, not just in the meal, but gives us his grace, his very presence in his word as well. And so tonight we want to celebrate, we want to remember uh, Jesus' existence, his reality, just as we have existence, we have reality, as Jesus enters in, experiences life, just as we do. And one of the ways that we do that is, as a family, we do that each and every uh, day, just as a way of wrapping up our day, kind of a debriefing uh, part of our family devotions uh, before the kids go to bed and stories and all of that is uh, we share highs and lows. Uh, one good part, one high from our day, and one low. Uh, highs are those uh, life-giving things, those things of joy, those things that, that we, we celebrate uh, during the day. Lows are the opposite of that, uh, those things that we've wrestled with, those things we've struggled with, 
maybe the disappointments, the frustrations, the hurt of the day. And so we share that uh, with each other. Uh, one of those uh, from each point in, in our day. And we use that to, to help shape a little bit. We read a passage from scripture and, and talk about how that fits, relates to our day. We pray about those things. Uh, some days more successfully than others. In fact, lots of days are, are kind of rough doing this, but, but an important part of just checking in, touching base, and, and remembering God is present. He exists in all of what we do, in all of our lives. So we just wanted to share that with you a little bit here. That's why the kids are, are still here hanging on here. We just wanted to share uh, our highs and lows uh, for today. Uh, just to model, demonstrate what we do, one of the ways that we uh, recognize Jesus' presence, existence in our lives. So I don't know, kids, did anyone have a high from today? Nah. <laughs> Not bad of a day, okay? Nah. Nothing? Like, playing outside in the puddle or anything? Or? No, we can't play. Mine was, no, playing. Mine was play. playing outside. Yours is getting to play outside in nice weather. Yeah. Judah, did you have anything? Mine was, there were, yeah, we had a few people stop by the church, so it was nice to have a few different conversations with people today. Levi, that's enough, okay? Like I said, more successful <laughs> some nights than others, but any highs for you, Cass? I liked having Abby help me with lunch today. Yeah. I nice to do that <laughs> <laughs> Levi as well helping, yeah. So any lows today? Any, <laughs> your, your room almost burning. We, we had a, a light fall over on a, a blanket and, and caught it just in time, just before. <laughs> that gets out there too far. Uh, but yeah, kind of a scary thing, right? Uh, thinking about what could have been. Uh, yeah, any other lows? <laughs> had some trouble maybe listening or a little bit of fighting, a little bit too rough? Don't yeah. yeah, I was just feeling, I just felt kind of overwhelmed a bit today. Lots. Yeah. Yeah, I just felt kind of overwhelmed today a little bit, but all that's happening, I'm trying to keep it all straight. But, you know. well, thanks for sharing, you guys. We'll pray. We'll pray, and then you guys can go off and do whatever you want to do. And let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together and that we can, can share even though we're apart. Uh, we thank you that uh, you are present, Lord Jesus, in all of our lives, that you give us grace, you give us hope, you give us life in, in all that we do. And we pray that we would uh, be mindful of that, that we'd be reminded of your presence, of your love, of your grace, and, and the good times and, and the, the struggles that we have, the times that are scary, like our rooms almost burning down. Uh, times that are overwhelming and, and stressful. We celebrate even in the simple things of having conversations or being able to you know, play outside. We thank you for your, your faithfulness, your goodness to us, Lord Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> yep, so thanks for hanging in there, kids. Thanks for helping share highs and lows. So, yeah, you guys just want to make sure you move the quiet. Okay? Thanks, guys. <laughs> They lasted longer than I thought they would, so <laughs> doing okay. So uh, tonight we're going to, like I said, talk about uh, Jesus' 
uh, in presence, his last meal with his disciples, his betrayal, and that sort of thing. One of the songs that's been running through my mind uh, for weeks now. I've been playing it on my clarinet and everything else, but uh, it's, it's the old song, Abide With Me. So I just thought we'd share, we'd sing one verse together. We don't have instruments or anything. Uh, but we'll sing the first verse. You can find that in the, the video description underneath this video there, the lyrics for that. Uh, we'll just sing this as a way of entering into our time together this evening. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, Help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. So I wanted to read tonight from Luke chapter 22. We'll start at verse 14 and, and read to verse 46. It's kind of a long section, but it's the whole story in Luke of Jesus' time with the disciples. And then we'll uh, think about that together. Uh, and, and as I read, I want you to be listening for those moments of real human emotion, those real human experiences that Jesus and his disciples uh, enter into, that they experience in this night. So Luke 22, starting at verse 14, it says, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and said to them, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in the remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with me at the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. And a dispute arose among them as to which of them was to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, uh, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves the benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not he who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I give to you my kingdom, just as my father gave, one, gave it to me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan is asked to sift all of you as wheat. 
But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without a purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. So Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw behind them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. There ends the reading, or first reading anyway, for this evening. And again, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the, the reality of, of life, the reality of our lives, how it can be messy. I've had a number of conversations, and I've said more this week, uh, the past few weeks, uh, just this, this thought that it's okay not to be okay. You know, so often we pretend like we have to put on a happy face that if we're good Christians, we have to uh, always be happy. We have to always have our lives straight and in order. And the reality is that's not the case. That's not always the case. And we need to be real. We need to be okay with that. And I think that's part of what this story shows us. That's part of what this story reminds us, that Jesus experience the very things that we do and it wasn't all just good happy and kind of cheerful things that Jesus went through instead as we were reading through that story you, you notice a lot of very real emotions maybe emotions that you felt over these past few weeks right from the very beginning we have this Jesus longing to be with his disciples he said I eagerly desire to eat with you this meal Jesus longing to be with his friends, knowing that this, might, this would be the last time that he ate with them until his crucifixion, his death, his resurrection, that everything would, would change, that longing to be with his friends. Similar longing I know many of us have just to be with other people. He experienced betrayal, was sitting at the, the meal, Judas there, knowing that someone would, would betray him, that Judas would, would give him up, even though Jesus was soft sacrificing, offering himself. Judas would turn his back on him. 
the frustration of, of the disciples right there in the middle of fighting, arguing about who was going to be the greatest. You know, Jesus here in the middle of, of giving himself, his body, his blood, saying, uh, you know, this, this is me, I'm giving this to you, you don't know what's happening. And kind of in the background, even as, as you hear some of the noise and some of the disagreements here, uh, you know, you have the disciples arguing, fighting about who's going to be the greatest. Jesus dealing with, with that everyday kind of thing. And those of you who have, kid, have had kids at home, Cassie can tell. <laughs> Been a long few weeks trying to figure out school and, and juggle that and, and break up fights and kids that aren't used to being at school and want to see their friends and everything else. Just that being at each other. Also some other things, you know, the hurt of knowing a friend is going to betray you. Jesus tells Peter, you know, Peter says, I'm, I'm going to stay with you forever, Lord. I'm, I'm never going to turn back. Uh, you know, Peter and all his gusto, right? And Jesus says, you know, you're going to betray me. You know, the hurt, you're going to deny me. The, the hurt of a friend. The hurt of a friend denying, not having your back. The sorrow and the anger as Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. As he prays, asking that this would be taken from him. It says he's in anguish to the point of, of blood, his sweat with, filled with blood dropping to the ground. All of those real human emotions Jesus, his disciples, go through. I think it begs the question, where, where do you need God's presence in your life? Where do, where do we need God's presence in our, our lives? Because this reminds us that Jesus, you know, didn't just give lip service to our human nature or human experience, but he actually entered into it. He actually was present there, and, and he promises still to be present with us. You know, we shared a little bit, the kids with the highs and the lows, some of that, those real human emotions, those things that we feel, uh, maybe not in great depth with them necessarily or too profound. I, but I just wanted to share, you know, I've, I've struggled a bit these past few weeks with, a, yeah, especially just trying to maintain a routine and, and rhythm. I'm a very rigid person. Is that fair to say rigid? I don't know. I, structured. Structured, put it positively. I... But yeah, one of the, the hardest things for me, and, and starting to hit home, I, even as we're recording this, I, yeah, knowing that we can't be together as a church, I, I go to the church most days, and, and just the heartache of coming to an empty church, I, knowing that people can't be here, that we can't gather together. I try to work through that, the surrendering our plans, my... My thoughts, you, you know, I plan well ahead everything. I'm trying to let that go, I'd be loose with that. I'm struggling in our, yeah, just the reality of life. Needing to be reminded of, of Jesus' presence, how God is there in the midst of those things. I don't know, Cassie, if you have any thing. Um, yeah, I think mostly helping the little people in my life to navigate kind of these waters and figure out their feelings and um, helping them to be 
I don't know, as stable as possible, I guess. Yeah. And, and at the same time, you know, we're all dealing with our own pain. And I think that needs to be acknowledged too. You know, you're, I'm trying to help these little guys and then at the same time also dealing with my own. And that's, yeah, that's hard. And we are yeah. all in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah, we're all in it together, right? And yeah. trying to cope or deal with it as best as we can for now, right? I, yeah, life is not not always easy. I guess is the, we don't need to dwell too long on that, but but we see that that's the reality of of what Jesus shares here. It's not easy. It's not always easy. In fact, Jesus went through hard things for you and for me. Tomorrow. Uh, Good Friday, we're going to be reminded of that most most powerfully as Jesus pays the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice for you, for me, for the whole world. But even in the midst of that, you know, we we don't dwell there. Jesus didn't stay there, uh, you know, experiencing these things, these hurt, these sorrows, these pains. Uh, you know, we we aren't meant to stay there either not just to dwell on those things and focus in on, on the hardships, the, the negative, the bad parts of life, the struggles we have. Because Jesus still in the midst is there, but he also shows us and, and gives us grace. He strengthens us to, to carry on, to move forward, to move ahead. Uh, Jesus still gives us his, his grace. He's still present to us, with us there. So, Kind of for our second half, we, we first talked there, where do, where do you need God's presence in your life? What's that, that heartache, that messiness, the, the hurt, the, the, the pain, the real human emotions that you're experiencing, that you need Jesus, his presence in your life? We're going to switch gears just a little bit. I'm uh, going to read the second part of our story, John chapter 13, the story uh that John records of Jesus washing the disciples' feet, this act of service, this act of, of showing love, calling to Jesus to love his disciples and his disciples to do the same thing. And I think this is a, an opportunity for us to see God's grace, Jesus' grace in the midst. I've asked you to have a bowl of water and, and a towel there with you. A bowl of water and a towel there. Uh, and just as I read this, uh, John 13, verses 1 to 14, I invite you just to leave your fingers linger in the water. Uh, just as a, a sign or remembrance of, in a way of entering into uh, this experience this evening, as a sign of, of Jesus' grace, of his, his very real presence in, in your lives. This is John 13. It was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that his hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. 
No, said Peter, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only their feet washed. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that's why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should follow as I have done for you. So I think, you know, in that, in this symbolic gesture of, of washing his feet, I won't make you wash your spouse's feet or your own feet if you're watching this by yourself or anything. You're welcome to if you really want to, but uh, in, this, in this act of, of washing his feet, we see we're reminded of Jesus' grace, his presence, his grace in serving, uh, kneeling down, stooping, take the, taking the position of a servant, washing his disciples' feet, that thing that Peter struggled with. He said, Lord, I should be doing that. Now, Jesus offering that as, as a model, a picture, that, that he gives himself to serve us. And then that call for us to do, go and do likewise, to be givers, bearers of service, of grace. We see grace and love. He uses this to prepare them for what's coming next. He says, do you know what's happening? Do you know what I'm doing? Uh, preparing his disciples for the, for the hard things that are coming in the next few hours. He shows grace and love and mercy and his care for his disciples. Grace and sacrifice, again, washing as a sign, I think, of Jesus' forgiveness. It's no coincidence that water we use at, at baptism is that reminder, that symbol, that sign of, of Jesus' forgiveness, of his presence, of his call on our lives. Grace and his sacrifice. Again, the ultimate sacrifice that he makes in just a few days, with his, just the following day, excuse me, as he goes to the cross, his blood covering them, his blood covering us, offering us his forgiveness. The meal that he shared with his disciples as, as a very real, tangible expression of his grace, his real presence there with them, with us, if we would be together. We'd celebrate that, his very real presence, his real grace given to us. And so this reminder of this reminder of Jesus giving us grace upon grace in our real human lives and all that we do. Sometimes we might have to pay attention close to it. We have to look hard. We have to dig to find it in the midst of, of struggles we may be going through. But Jesus gives us grace upon grace. In the good parts of our day, in the hard parts, the struggles, and the joys that we share, grace upon grace. And so where have you experienced grace even today? Where have you experienced grace maybe in these few weeks? For me, it's been, I've been busy uh, doing different things during the day, uh, learning technology and doing all this kind of stuff, but uh, 
Uh, it's, it's been nice having unbusied evenings, just a few meetings, and, and for you too, you know, just busyness with, with meetings and, and going, and we would be doing ball and everything, and you know, there's hurt, there's, there's grief there, not getting to do those things, but it's been nice just having time together as a family, not feeling rushed and having to go here to there or anything else. I don't know, where have you experienced grace or God's goodness? I think I've had some really good conversations with the kids that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, and just seeing them be helpers. You know, it's not the other day and the kids just shoveled the entire block hmm. because they wanted to. And um, yeah, I just thought that was. Yeah. It's cool to see them expressing God's love that way. Expressing God's love in different ways, and because of this hard time, right? Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have happened necessarily yeah. apart no, from that. Sure. Yeah. You know, the busyness too of life would just continue on if we weren't forced to be at home or forced not to to have people, uh, you know, over or spend time with others. I have grace in in the hardships. I. So I ask you, I've asked you, where, where do you need God's presence? Where do you need his grace? I ask you too, though, where have you experienced grace? Where have you seen God's grace? Tonight we remember again that Jesus entered into our real human existence to be present with us. He's present with us even now in, in the hardships. He shows us grace and he invites us to show grace to others. I think this is a great opportunity. Uh, John's reading there, his command to us to love each other, to love one another. And so I leave you with one final question. How can you be God's presence? How can you show God's grace to someone today in the coming days? How can you show God's grace, his love, his presence, just as he's shown it to you? I invite you, maybe leave some comments uh, with all of these questions on the video to share those. Uh, but where have you experienced? Where do you need God's presence? Where have you experienced God's grace? And how can you show God's presence, God's grace, to those around you today? I don't know, any other thoughts? Yes. <laughs> okay, why don't we pray? We'll pray and uh, yeah, then we'll leave you to your unbusied evening with your family. As our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son Jesus coming in our midst, in the, our, our lives, and being present in the hardships, the, the struggles but being present too in the joys that we experience, even as we hear the kids jumping on their bed and having fun together. Uh, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for being present in all of our lives, uh, for, for speaking your grace, revealing your grace, showing your mercy, your forgiveness, your, your kindness, your goodness to us, perhaps in unexpected ways. I pray, Lord Jesus, for your spirit to open our eyes to open our eyes, to show, reveal the ways that you are showing us grace, that you have shown us your mercy, your favor, your goodness, your love. And that during this time uh, of going to the cross, of going, waiting for the, the grave to be empty again, that even in our own lives, that we would experience in a new way your grace. And we would experience your grace, your mercy your provision, your favor in our lives. Oh, Jesus, may we know your presence as, as you know each and every one of us needs it. May we know who you are. Reveal yourself to us. Open our eyes to your goodness, to your presence with us. 
And so even as you've uh, taught your disciples to pray, we, we pray together this evening. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. And we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So we receive God's blessing, his sending, uh, sending us out to our families, to our homes, to be grace sharers, Jesus bearers, uh, wherever we go, wherever we are. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. May you know his presence, his love, his grace to you this evening. Thanks for joining us, for being with us. Our Good Friday service uh, premieres tomorrow at 2 p.m. On, on our YouTube channel. Uh, be sure to join us there. Thanks, Cass. I know this isn't your favorite necessarily, but thanks for sharing. Being open, we need to... We need to be open with each other, how we've seen God's grace, his presence with us. So thanks for joining tonight, and we'll see you tomorrow.